So if you're anything like me, you, you probably feel like Hollywood gets everything wrong and that they're notorious for teaching everybody really bad lessons and bad morals. Um, but I was thinking about it this week and I came to the realization that they might get at least one thing right almost every single time. In just about any movie, who is it that perseveres at the end of the movie? Is it the brash, cocky, punk, know-it-all? Or is it the one who's patient and the one who's humble? Let's think it through for a little bit, okay? Uh, one of the classic movies, Princess Bride. You got Prince Humperdinck, and he's, he's just a total tool. He's cocky all the time, he thinks he knows everything, and he, that he's just gonna get Princess Buttercup. But then you got Wesley. Wesley was chivalrous and kind. He won the girl. He won Princess Buttercup. That's what happens in movies. And we know it's gonna happen. Frozen. Frozen is, I've had to watch it too many times in my life because I got all these daughters, but Hans was this two-faced jerk who didn't really love Anna at all. And Kristoff comes in, he's kind of sweet and self-sacrificing and Kristoff winds up winning Anna's heart. I'm telling you people, I've, I've had to watch enough awful, horrible, teeny bopper Disney type movies because of the four girls living in my house. They can be agonizing to sit through, but then there's this the secret that I have that I kind of secretly love some of those shows and movies. Not gonna lie, the new, the new ver version of the Adventures in Babysitting is better than the original version. And yes, I like aspects of the Descendants movies. I may or may not stop to watch Stuck in the Middle every time that my kids put it on. May have even cried one time watching that show, maybe twice. But most of the movies, they're just not up my alley. Like, for real. But what they do have in common is that the proud, brash character almost never perseveres to the end of the show or the movie as the top dog. Humility almost always wins out. Now, how crazy is that? It's as if Hollywood knows instinctively what is right for living well, even though that they may not really promote it the best in most of their living. So, so how do perseverance and humility relate to one another? If I'm gonna go through a, a, a rough patch in life, I can take one of two attitudes. One, this shouldn't be happening to me. Or two, I can take the attitude of, it's unfortunate this is happening to me, but I'm gonna deal with it. And maybe those two attitudes don't seem all that different, but they are. Uh, the first of these attitudes, the this shouldn't be happening to me, it's an aggressive attitude. It's an attitude that's, it's, it's gonna claim this violation of my rights. It's gonna speak without thinking through the whole picture. When I think something shouldn't be happening to me, then I'm not positioning myself in a position to learn from the experience. And I'm likely to become angry. And why is that? It's because my rights are being violated and I know that's not right. But the second attitude, the one that where my circumstances are just unfortunate, that's an attitude that it's much more likely to persevere through hard times with that attitude. It's, it's an honest assessment of the situation without this presence of a pride that says, I don't deserve this. An unfortunate situation doesn't necessarily mean an unfair situation, Some, but it's just something that I've got to wade through, no matter how difficult the wading might be. I'm not the victim in an unfortunate situation. I'm just, I'm kind of just included in the situation. I'm just part of it. And therefore, I don't have to speak out my anger all the time. I don't have to fight for my rights. I just have to find a way to a better place. Seeing my difficult road as an unfortunate event rather than something that shouldn't be happening to me, 
it's the starting place to finding perseverance. And James has been talking throughout this first chapter of James about how we can persevere as followers of Jesus. This passage that we're going to read today is an extension of that theme. He's pointing us back to the theme of humility. It's a theme that God continually points us to when he aims to teach us the best way to live. And really, that's what James is trying. Like I've said about James, he's trying to teach us the best way to live as followers of Jesus. And so we've got that theme throughout Scripture. The theme of humility is found in the story of Adam and Eve. When they eat from the fruit of the tree that was prohibited, uh, they all of a sudden they felt naked and exposed and their eyes were opened. But the pride that caused their awakening actually brought them shame. They were humbled. Uh, the theme of humility is brought out in the story of Moses. God calls Moses to go and free the Israelites from the, their slavery in Egypt. And Moses immediately shrinks away from the, what he thought he couldn't do because he couldn't speak well. But in reality, this humility was, it was actually a false sense of humility. It was actually pride speaking out of him. He was saying to God that, man, I know better than you, God. I, I can't do this. He wasn't willing to listen to God in that moment. He's actually saying, this shouldn't be happening to me. Instead of thinking, man, this is kind of unfortunate, but I'm gonna find a, we're going to find a way together, God. Now, you see that? A humble attitude is the difference between saying, I know what should be happening, and I'm resigned to what's happening, and I just need some help through it. If you look at the problems that you've experienced in your life, I can pretty much guarantee that when you've persevered well, you've done less sticking to what you deserve and more accepting what's been done and finding ways to move on with, with the right kind of help. And honestly, that's what this passage in James 1 is really all about. So why don't we read it together? It's James 1, 19 through 21. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that so, is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now, here's where I really struggle with this passage. That first verse, verse 19, uh, there could be three sermons in, in that one verse. It's powerful. There's just so much there. Um, but the, if this is the only thing that you'd read in the Bible and you perfected it, like, you'd pretty much be Jesus himself. Talking through this verse really doesn't leave much room to talk for anything else because there's just so much here. But if you want to persevere through life, uh, if you want solid relationships with others, if you want to succeed in business, if you want to become wise, if you want to be a good parent, if you want to not put your foot in your mouth all the time, you name it. If it's something good that you want, live out this verse and you're probably going to be doing pretty well. So let me read verses 19 and 20 together once again. It says, Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, a few years back, I decided that I actually wanted to start memorizing verses. And so I got like 20 verses in. I was reading like one a week, memorizing one a week. And I got to a point where I'm like, there's, there's too many in my head. I cannot keep doing this. I couldn't remember this stuff from, from before. And I'm, I'm not proud to say it, but... Um, yeah, I just kind of gave up on, on memorizing. But this was one of those verses that stuck with me because um, it, it, it helps me in one of the main struggles that I have as a human. I get mad sometimes and I say stupid stuff, especially in sports. Uh, but who doesn't struggle with that, right? Like, 
it's easy to take these two verses and to see them predominantly as speaking to us about human anger. Now, I used to think, okay, if, if I just think before I talk, if I hear people out, then I'm, I'm going to be slow enough to not let my anger get the best of me. I'll, I'll be calm and I'll, I, I won't get all angry. I won't, I won't just lash out in anger. It's as though I've always felt that it was the absence of anger that makes someone righteous like God. But that's not it. It's the presence of something better that makes us like God. It's the presence of humility that makes us more like God. And it's this humility that ultimately frees us from our anger. Now, maybe you don't believe me, uh, but I think James explains it all right here in verse 19. So we're going to break this verse down really into three important ideas. And now in the first part of this verse, uh, verse 19a, we're going to call it. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Uh, and you know what this makes me think of? It makes me think of a hunter out in the woods. Can I tell you how bad of a hunter I am? I, I, used, I, I haven't hunted in a long time, but I used to be like the first day of hunting season kind of hunter. Um, and one of these times, my dad and myself and two friends, we were driving out to a private wooded area uh, where, where we would hunt at. And we're driving out there. And all of a sudden, we see a deer out there. And, and my dad's like, hey, why don't you... Why don't you get out quietly, get your gun ready, and just see if you can shoot that deer? I'm like, heck yeah, I got this. This is all me. Uh, but I, I must not listen real well to the be quiet part. And so I'm getting out of the door and literally just slam the door shut. And it was like this, it was like the deer just got up and looked at me and pretty sure he laughed at me and just runs away into the woods safe for another day. My dad and our buddies, they're just dying laughing at me because I got out like I was at the beach, just slammed the door, uh, not quiet at all, definitely not listening like a hunter would listen. I just did it all wrong. As a hunter, you've got to be quiet, but not just for the sake of being quiet. One of the important things in hunting is to be able to hear your surroundings. And I would get all excited when I'd be out in a deer stand and I'd hear a noise and and I get all ticked off when I look around and I find that the noise isn't a deer, it's just a squirrel. And I'm telling you, I almost shot a squirrel one time just because I was bored sitting in my deer stand. Deer hunting is just not for me. It's not my strong suit. That phrase here is, that James uses to me is so peculiar. You know, be quick to listen. Now, how out of, or, out of the ordinary is that? What does it even mean to be quick to listen? I think of somebody getting in an argument that instead of spouting their mouth off, like they do that kind of thing, they just kind of put their ear out to that person like, oh yeah, like we're not quick to listen. We're, man, we just want to shout at people. The other person would be like, what the heck are you doing turning your ear to me? It makes no sense. This, this, this phrase almost makes no sense to me. But James is telling us this. We, we need to have an openness to listening to truth. Uh, why should I be quick to listen? Because we get ourselves into most of our trouble in life because we act before we know the whole story or the whole truth. But this just isn't just referring to our need to listen to other people. We also need to listen to the truth of God's word. We need to listen to what God is trying to speak to us without hearing God's truth. We go along with our perceived truths and that's really a recipe for disaster every time. An unwillingness to listen to God or to other people is a sign that you are reluctant to hear truth. It means that you're more willing to block out, block the acceptance of truth in order to hold on to whatever your version of truth is. Can you hear how dangerous that is? Or are you not listening? We all fight against our nature 
on the, this idea of listening. We have to think of listening first and foremost. And, and it takes humility for us to get there. It means shutting down your version of the truth to get to the real version of the truth. It means being open to the idea that you don't know everything. And it means putting God first. It means putting other people first. It means in difficult times, not spouting off your mouth uh, about how you've been treated unfairly. Listening is so important that we have to train ourselves to letting listening become our first reaction to every situation. It's the, it's the humble thing. It's the wise thing to do. And so then we come to the second part of this verse, verse 19b. Everyone should be slow to speak. Now this might just seem like it's another way of saying, be quick to listen. Uh, but it's not. It's being quick to listen doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to choose to listen all the way through. Have you ever known somebody or had ever somebody ask you a question and before you can get a full response out, they've cut you off? That is not an experience that I enjoy. It makes me not want to talk to that person. And why is that? Because they haven't actually shown that they're willing to listen to me. And let's be honest, if someone isn't willing to listen to me, can I really be confident that they care about me enough more than they care about themselves? The truth is not really, but we've all been that person before. We've set out thinking that we're going to listen to somebody and they get so far in and they say something that we feel we've got to respond to and we feel the need to butt in. How many of you fear like this thing that you're like, oh, man, I fear that I'm going to forget what I'm about to say. And so you get something really good in your brain to say and you feel, man, I got to say this. It's got to come out of my mouth. It's so important. In that moment, you're telling that person exactly what you're thinking. And what you're thinking is, what I have to say is more important than what you have to say. Now tell me, is that the kind of friend that you really want to be? Is that the kind of friend that you want to have? Being slow to speak is not just about wisdom. Yeah, it's going to keep you from saying a lot of stupid things. It's going to help you to think long enough to realize, oh man, that's a dumb one. I shouldn't say that. But even more, being slow to speak allows other people to speak. It allows you to be a good friend. And get this, being slow to speak gives you more room to speak when your turn has come to speak. Uh, there are people who come to me and, and they'll talk to me about how hurt they are that a family member doesn't know Jesus or isn't living for Jesus. And our temptation is to just talk to these people all that we know about the love of Jesus. Uh, we're so focused on doing our part of sharing the gospel with our words that we sometimes forget to listen and to relate in a way that somebody might actually become ready to hear what we had to say. Listening and being slow to speak opens the door for someone to trust us enough to actually be able to speak into their lives in a way where they're ready to listen. Think about it. If someone isn't ready to listen to you, that means they're quick to speak themselves. They're not ready to hear as the truth is meant to be heard. Listening and waiting to speak is sometimes exactly what's needed to let your words truly be heard. Uh, parents, especially parents of teenagers or young adults, sometimes there comes a point where no amount of talking is going to get through to your child. You may find yourself in a season of listening and waiting. You need to be humble in that season, humble enough to hold back some of your thoughts. It's that listening and waiting that will eventually open up the opportunity to speak in a moment where your child's actually ready to hear you. There might be nothing harder in parenting or loving a family member than this process of listening and waiting to speak. Uh, but without it, they might never hear the truth. Think about this as well. A continual talker doesn't hear what others have to say 
and they're also unlikely to be silent enough to hear God speaking to them. If you're always so quick to speak, you haven't trained yourself to be quick to listen. There's no way around that. It is harder to hear any truth that God is speaking to us if we're not humble enough, uh, even in our relationships with people, to hear them first. Now, there's a smart dude one time that said this, a fiercely argumentative attitude is not conducive to the humble reception of truth. In other words, if, if you've always got to get your two cents in, you're probably not very good at taking anyone else's two cents. There's so many well-meaning Christians today that are literally destroying their ability to speak into the lives of other people because they simply never stop speaking. They think about, uh, think about the time where Jesus, he came to a crowd um, who was, they wanted to stone this woman who was caught in adultery. And he didn't raise his voice to the crowd. He didn't tell them how awful they were. He didn't go on Facebook and try to throw all their sins in their face. But what did he do? He, after they had asked him, like, Jesus, what do you think we should do? He didn't answer him. He knelt down on the ground. He started writing something in the sand. And then finally, they, they were questioning him again. And finally, after a long time, he gets up and he says, in John 8, 8, 7, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. It was at that point that they actually, they all literally turned around and they left. You see, Jesus was quick to listen. He was even slower to speak. And somehow we've turned that around. We think that we have to stand up for all that's good in this world at certain times and that we gotta shout down all the evils. But honestly, who's listening to that? Nobody's listening to that. When you speak, ask if you're, what you're about to speak is going to be said in enough love for it to actually be heard. It might be a hard truth to hear that you're about to say, but even if it's said the right way, you've chosen to be slow to say it and it's gonna be heard. And so really that leads us really well into this last part of verse 19, uh, 19c. It says, everyone, uh, everyone should be slow to become angry. So we've heard we need to be quick to listen, we need to be slow to speak, but also we need to be slow to become angry. Do you see how much easier it is to be slow to anger if you've already trained yourself to listen to the whole truth and then to be slow to speak out your own truth, to speak out what you're feeling? If you've already done the work of the first two parts of this verse, honestly, this third suggestion is probably not gonna be all that hard for you. It's actually really kind of a cyclical idea that we're, James is talking about here. If you remember, not listening and to somebody and talking over somebody else, it can really cause angst for that person. Um, remember how you don't like it when people do that to you, and that anger kind of closes off your, your willingness to actually hear. That anger closes your mind to listening to somebody when they don't listen to you. And likewise, your anger, if you allow it into your heart, it really can close your mind to God's truth. And so when it comes to anger, we need to remember this. Restraining anger is necessary as anger closes your mind to God's truth. Now, obvious examples of this would be someone choosing not to believe in God because they lost a loved one or because something bad happened to them. Uh, but we see it in, in other everyday examples too. Uh, as a player or, or a coach, even as a fan of a team, Man, I could get so angry when things weren't going my way or my team's way, and I'd yell at a ref for a call that, admittedly, if I was on the other team, I'd think that they made the right call. Now, I'll be honest, I've yelled at refs for a call full out knowing that they were 100% right. I just wanted to vent my anger. 
and they were the easy target. Even though I was arguing for, I wasn't arguing for what was truth. Uh, none of us want to get so angry that we close our mind off to actually what God's truth is. But let's be honest about something. It's hard to restrain our anger sometimes. It doesn't come easily. Uh, how can I slow myself down enough to do what this verse is saying? How can I be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry? Honestly, I think verse 21 answers it. Uh, James 1.21 says, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. This whole passage comes back down to this one thing. Humility. Can you and will you accept the word, which is God's truth, that is planted in you? That truth alone, the truth of what Jesus did in establishing your righteousness on the cross, that truth alone is what can save you. Our only hope, uh, your only hope, my only hope, it's to humbly accept the good news that Jesus died to become our righteousness. And to ask him to let that same humble nature, his humble nature, overtake your interactions with him and with people, it's the only way we can go. It's hard to stop talking sometimes. It's hard to listen. It's hard not to get angry at the drop of a hat. In fact, I think it's impossible. It's impossible without Jesus. If you really want to be the kind of friend that people can trust because they know that you care about them more than you care about yourself, because you listen first and, and you talk later, go to Jesus every moment of every day. Let him take out the pride that's in you and fill you with the grace of having his kind of humility. That's it, right, right there. That's everything that we need. It's not enough to just not have anger. It's not even enough to not talk all the time and be a good listener. It, we have to actually be filled with something good. We have to be filled with the humility that's not something that you're born with, but it's birthed in you by the love and grace of Jesus. Do you want to be a better, more listening kind of friend today? Do you want to listen to the truth that Jesus is trying to speak into your heart today? It's going to take humility. And that kind of humility only comes as a gift from Jesus. And he wants to give us all that gift today. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for the gift of grace. And part of that grace is uh, being gifted with a humility that is not something that we're born with. God, I need a humility that is beyond myself, that is humility that is from your nature, not mine. And in that humility, God, I want to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. God, show us what that looks like in our lives. Show us those moments where maybe with a family member or a friend, where we have to just hold back from saying what we think and, and maybe know is truth because they're not ready to listen. They're not ready to hear it. God, help us to be listeners and slow to speak long enough so that somebody else gets to the point where they're ready to listen. And God, help us to be willing to listen to what you have to say to us to be quiet long enough to let your truth speak into our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.